0: This week's episode is brought to you by the band Melophilus. Check out their new EP, Just High Enough, which is found anywhere you stream music. On this week's episode of the Get Back Coach, we talk about the latest scandal in the Kansas football program. Dan Lambert from American Top Team helps compensate players at the University of Miami, and I share what I would add to the new NCAA football game. During the playoff, we rank the players most deserving to be on the cover of NCAA football during its hiatus. All that and a lot more. All right, let's get after it. Welcome to the Get Back Coach presented by Branded Sports. I am your host, Jake Myers. Our leading story comes from the Kansas football program. Usually not good when the Jayhawks are in the news when it comes to football, and this is no exception. Uh, Former Kansas fullback Cameron Humphrey has stated he was given $50,000 from the KU Athletic Department to keep quiet about multiple incidents he had on campus. Now, this is pretty damning allegations. So let's dissect this here. Let's kind of see where all this went wrong. So, first, uh, Kaepernick transfers to Kansas from Eastern Kentucky, uh, earns a scholarship, and was selected to a leadership committee um, during the less miles hire. That shows that there is some merit to this kid's name. That, um, you know, people, either the coaching staff or his peers, it does not specify, trust him. ...in a way that he would be on this leadership committee. There has to be some kind of merit to his name. So in February 2019, he discovers his lug nuts were loose on the wheels of his car. He thought that's strange, especially that the, the day prior, he got into an altercation with a few guys at, at a, a workout. So he knew that, hey, like this cannot be a coincidence. So there was a confrontation again with those individuals... And he said, okay, I got to go to someone about this. Like, this is getting ridiculous. So he goes to David Reed, a senior associate athletic director who works with compliance and student services. And tells him that, hey, I'm having these problems with these guys on the team. Um, My lug nuts on my car after it all – like the day after – um, an altercation, the, the lug nuts on my car were loosened. Like that was, that was, that was a dangerous situation. Um, and he also includes that cause they live in the same apartment complex that he believes that they're selling drugs in their room. And uh, cause he can kind of see, he lives on a, on a, a higher floor than they do. He can kind of see what's going in and out of their apartment. Um, If I was Humphrey, I would have let that, I wouldn't have said that because honestly, you don't know that for a fact. Um, And I I just think that it kind of looks bad because now it's kind of looked like you're trying to get them in trouble with something that doesn't have to do with your personal grievances against them. Um, Because personally, they're having altercations in the locker room the lug nut story with the car. I don't think there is any reason why you should have did that unless it's, it's a hindrance on you. Okay. Um, I would have left that out because then it could get into accusing. Why are you accusing me of this? You have no proof. Um, I would have just left that to the side. So that being said, uh, Reed then tells Humphrey that, listen, uh, Coach Miles has read the, those guys the riot act. And he told them, you know, be careful with what you are doing. Now, a lot of people took that quote and said, always be careful, meaning, hey, like, I um, be careful if you're doing something illegal. I I'll, On this, only this, I will give Les Miles a pass on, um, you know, when he says, be careful, that could be in a multitude of things. That could be "Hey, be careful of the decisions you are making. It could affect your future. I don't, I don't think he, if he said, be careful, like, Hey, be careful selling drugs. I I really don't think Les Miles would do that. That is the only pass Les Miles is going to get throughout this entire thing, just to let you all know. So after that, um, Oh, by the way, these reports were anonymous. But as you can tell, those guys pretty much know, hey, it's, it's Humphrey. They, they can figure this out. Usually when you um, report something anonymously, usually it, 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 it's not anonymous. People can you know uh, figure out the puzzle of who is the person with the grievance against those people. Now, if you are someone in college or in high school and you are having problems with someone, obviously go tell someone. Obviously go tell someone tell your coach tell a counselor tell somebody Or it's never gonna get fixed. Hopefully they will handle it better than Kansas University did so In the next couple weeks Humphrey's pretty miserable um, And he's like, you know what? I'm just gonna move out. I'm gonna move out of this apartment So his family comes down to move help him move out. So it's his father um, his mom his 15 year old brother his girlfriends at the apartment as well uh, and his roommate now his roommate goes down to the guys and says listen um, you guys don't bother us we're not gonna bother you and he, but he kind of alludes to hey like we know like there is illegal stuff going on here but listen you guys don't bother us we're not we're not gonna say anything uh, about ten minutes later there's a banging on the door, and it's the four guys from that apartment and other men, other guys, banging on the door. The report doesn't say who let the guys in, but now they're in the living room uh, threatening uh, Humphrey's father, his 15-year-old brother, basically uh, also calling them um, racist. Um, Again, probably because Humphrey accused them and alluded to them and his roommate um, of selling drugs so that's why I would have just not said that because now they can say well he's a racist he thinks I'm selling drugs and I'm not even if they are okay that's why I don't even say that just focus on what you are doing or focus on the action the, the big problem that you you are having right now um, His father, Humphrey's father, uh, calls 911. And uh, cops are coming, the sirens go, the sirens are blaring, and the guys leave. Um, Now, the father is contacting Reed at this point, basically saying he doesn't want to intervene too much because he doesn't want his son to be labeled as a diva. Again, this right here is something that... uh, The father at least has some sort of conscience to say, I don't want my son to be labeled as a diva. I don't want to cause any problems, but this is getting out of control. The family wanted to meet with Les Miles and Les declined. Les Miles then wanted to have a meeting with uh, Cabernet Humphrey and the four other teammates that he's having problems with. He has that meeting, and he asks both parties to apologize. None of the, Neither of them do that. I mean, if I'm and Humphrey, I'm not apologizing to those guys. And if I'm those guys, and it, if even, again, this is an ongoing investigation, so I don't want to say if anyone's guilty or not guilty. But if these guys, okay, truly, truly, did not loosen his lug nuts. If they truly were not selling drugs underneath, they're not going to apologize to Caperton Humphrey because he accused them of these things. Okay, so they're not going to apologize. And if they do apologize, and they did do those things, if they apologize, they're admitting guilt, which again, they are not going to do. So, Miles says that well, why don't you guys settle it on the field, one-on-one contact drills? And that right there is one of the most out-of-touch things I've heard in a while. I mean, listen, and I was a Les Miles defender when he got kicked out of LSU. Now it's starting to look like he was pushed out for um, um, sexual misconduct allegations. I was kind of the real. That's kind of looking like that may have been a reason why he was pushed out. Okay so but I've defended less for a little bit until probably until earlier this year when all of the sexual misconduct stuff came out and now this. But you if you're going to put two guys against each other in contact drills and you want to do that, okay? And listen, I've seen that done before. I have. But you do that when two guys either just don't like each other in practice or they get into a fight in the locker room or things like that this is a home like basically they invaded this guy's living room and they possibly loosen his lug nuts so we get into an accident we are beyond that we're beyond it so for him to say, "Hey, let's settle this," uh, you know, on the field is is so out of touch. It's it's crazy to me. So Humphreys leaves the meeting, and he's basically like, "Screw this! I'm not staying here." Miles, the less coach, Miles doesn't want to talk to my family. His resolution is for us to go head to head in. In drills on the field like that's gonna do anything like no so I, i so at that point there humphrey is very i'm done here like it's over so he contacts reed again he basically says i'm done like this is ridiculous no one in kansas is helping me These guys are still on the team. Um, The big thing here is that not only that, but those guys allegedly had lots of playing time under Miles in his defense. So that is there. The Humphrey family is alluding that that's why that there really have not been any repercussions for this. Um, And then Reed reaches back out and gives This resolution of what they think should happen. Because Caperton wants to leave anyway. And he says, well, if you leave Kansas, still take Kansas classes online when he goes back home, and your family, if they agree not to post anything on social media about what had happened, or air uh, their grievances, that They'll pay for the tuition and keep his monthly stipend from spring 2019 through when he graduates a year later in May. So that's well, that's about $50,000. So they're basically paying him to be quiet because they've mismanaged, mismanaged this entire situation. So that's our story here. Now, I'm not a compliance person, but if I was a coach, this is how I'd handle this. And I've never been a head coach, but you know what? We're going to try today. We're going to try. Okay? Now, I'm going to go with the first meeting from Reed. So let's just say Humphreys reports it to Reed, and who reports it to Miles. I am Miles. I'm hearing this information for the first time. I want to talk to both people. Because remember, Les Miles doesn't talk to Humphrey. He just talks to the guys in trouble because, again, it's anonymous. Okay, so I guess technically he cannot speak with um, Humphrey because he doesn't know it's Humphrey. Um, but still, let's just say he knows it's Humphrey. Okay, this is what I would do. First, you got to meet with both parties separate, talk to Humphrey and then talk to the other four guys, but make sure it's the individually you see them, not as a group. First, you want to make sure the Humphreys complaints were reported and that you go through every chain of command you possibly can to make sure that it is documented that Humphreys has had complaints. And you tell them and assure him that the crap is going to stop and he will speak to the other guys and it will be anonymous. You then talk to the other guys and you tell them, listen, I heard you have been um, aggressive with other teammates in the locker room. I've heard you have been, um, you know, either belittle or causing altercations. Stop it. If you don't stop it then I'm going to intervene and you will have a suspension because the crap is not going to fly so and also because remember Humphrey said they were selling drugs also tell them I also heard you were possibly selling drugs if this is happening happening stop it your choices can affect your future and to make sure that they are not and just tell them make sure you're not doing anything illegal and if someone you know is and if they're a part of this team you try and tell them to stop or do not associate with that person right there and again say if you don't and this comes back there will be consequences consequences okay so right there you're not choosing sides you're just saying this is what i heard And these are the consequences if you don't smarten up. So, again, this continues to happen because there's another altercation. Okay, now you suspend someone. Now you bring them in and you suspend them. Okay? It sounds like Kaepernick was not the aggressor here because, again, it's four on one. You get the story. You get other people involved. You you say what had what happened here? If they didn't listen, suspension. And you tell them if this happens again, you're gone. Cuz it's not right. You have you're, you have threatening things going on now. Now, if they do invade the living room after that talk, now you have to kick guys off teams. You have to you have to because you have three separate altercations because of it and you cannot have guys like that in your program um not only that i mean again you had players or friends of players in a living room threatening another teammate's father and their 15 year old brother you cannot have that obviously less smiles goes a different route uh, again, he's at probably at hot water in this time because of the sexual um, misconduct allegations against him. He's probably thinking, hey, if, if this gets out, I don't look very good. I look like I don't run a tight ship. I kind of wanted this to go away. I would think if I was in his shoes, again, I'm not. But if I was in the man's shoes, wouldn't you think you would want to make sure you didn't misstep because you're already on thin ice, like if there was any hope for you to keep your job after the sexual misconduct stuff came out at LSU, wouldn't you think you would say, all right, I'm going to do everything by the book and I'm going to run the tightest ship as possible so that if something happens to me or if, or if, if uh, something happens to this program, they can at least say, all right, Les took the correct way to go about it. Or if I have to kick guys off the team, it's like, well, at least he's trying to build a good culture. But you don't do that. He did not. And he was later fired anyway for the LSU sexual misconduct stuff. Okay. So lastly, these four guys apparently received a lot of playing time from Les Miles on the defensive side of the ball. And according to the Humphrey family, that was a driving factor of why Miles was trying to brush this under the rug. Here's, here's, here's my take on this. You are Kansas football. It There are no expectations. Zero expectations. If you're keeping a couple guys that, quite frankly, are assholes, why are you keeping them? It doesn't matter. Like You're not winning more than five games anyway. At least win some games with the right people. Because if you're afraid to kick off a couple guys who mess with a dude's car, has had several altercations with a guy, busted in his apartment and threatened his family, if you are protecting those guys because you want you think that's gonna get you a couple more wins, you're screwing yourself in the long run. Like, because you're bad apples. And listen, every pro- most programs have bad apples. They do. But if you get rid of them early, you build a good culture, you might lose for a little bit but at least you have something to build on. You at least have something hey, this is how things are done here. And then if you have a bad apple after your leaders are good guys or good leaders, if you have a couple bad apples, those good leaders will be able to at least control the bad ones. But if your leaders are the bad guys, it doesn't do you any good. Listen, I'd rather win three or four games with the guys I want, and the guys that I know are good guys, that are going to try and build a program, then win five or maybe six. If I would rather the three or four win season over going bowling for the first time in six years, with with selfish, I'm going to say it, assholes on my team. I'm not. I'm not doing it. Because yeah, you might go to a bowl game, but guess what? Your culture is still terrible. It's still shot. So anyway, LSU has totally mismanaged this. Or sorry, not LSU. Um, Kansas football has completely mismanaged this, and uh, I don't know. I don't know. This program is deader than dead right now. They got less miles, which they thought, hey, might they may turn something around, and. That was a bust, just because all this crap just came out. And the other thing is, how didn't we hear about this sooner? Like, how didn't we hear about this sooner? So, anyway, I don't know because again, it's it's an investigation going on. I don't know um, between Caperton and those Caperton Humphrey and those guys who is um, to blame. There are two sides to every story. Um, from what I read, it looks like um, the four guys who lived below Cavern Humphrey were the aggressors here. Um, it looks like, you know, if everything seems to be true, um, they did not comment on the matter. Uh, the Kansas City Star uh, was the art, one of the articles that I read. They declined, um, the, the four gentlemen declined um, any comment on it. So who knows? Um, but anyway... Uh, Kansas football, not in a great place and probably isn't going to be for a while. Okay, next, the NIL policy has uh, came to fruition here and let the games begin because uh, the Florida Martial Arts Gym uh, American Top Team Dan Lambert. Uh, that this is one of the uh, pristine MMA uh, gyms in the country. Uh, they are setting things up for, to give all scholarship players for Miami University five hundred dollars a month uh, to advertise his gym. So every scholarship player has the opportunity to win, or sorry to earn five hundred dollars a month at. Miami, and all they have to do is represent his gym and advertise for it. Um, We are going to see this a lot in the college football world. Um, Dan Lambert, um, it's through this new company. uh, It's called Bring Back the U. He's trying to work with other local businesses to get the Miami University Hurricanes, or he wants them to be paid. And he wants basically to use his NIL policy to get the U back on the map. And he has been working with uh, Miami compliance people um, and making sure he's, doing, he's not doing anything that's illegal. Um, you know, he said, listen, I'm going to do whatever I can. That is legal. And we're going to see a lot more of this stuff. Now, what does this mean for college football? Well, for one, I think the college town's like the, the small small uh, college towns, I think are going to suffer because they're just not going to have enough to keep up with this. I think Clemson does not benefit from this at all. Uh, listen, South Carolina, yes, Clemson right now is, is the more dominant um, program, but South Carolina is in Columbia. Columbia is going to have a, probably a lot more to offer uh, money-wise than the town of Clemson, South Carolina, um, Penn State, West Virginia, Michigan, Nebraska—all of them same boat. Uh, Nebraska has Lincoln, but still, it's Nebraska. Um, not a whole lot of money flowing in and out, unless I mean, unless you are advertising farms. Um, those small towns are, are might get hit with this that because they're not going to have enough money to pay play or compensate the players and the players are going to go to other places um who does benefit from this um miami usc uh probably ucla too just because they're in la as well uh, i think ohio state stays the same they'll probably benefit more um, you know columbus is a decent sized city but those teams are going They're those teams are going to benefit. Um, Alabama will probably be the same as well because just because it's Alabama, um, I think Auburn is probably one of those that probably not so much, but uh, Texas. I think it's big for Texas too. I think Texas with Austin being uh, Austin being the their city uh, along with their brand. I think they'll be fine as well. So again. I think the college towns are in trouble. The West Virginias, Michigan, Penn State, uh, Clemson is in that. Um, It's going to be interesting to see how everyone keeps up with each other uh, playing, um, you know, just just playing the game. And it's going to be interesting to see how it all transfolds. Um, Speaking of the NIL policy, uh, before we get into our segment, the playoff today, um, with this new NIL policy, EA Sports released a statement that they plan on releasing NCAA college football and they are open to playing said players. This is wonderful news. When this, when NCAA football comes out, if it is like it, it was in the past, uh, you might not get a podcast from me. For a month. Just going to let you know. I'm just going to let you know that you might not get a podcast from me for a month. Because I will uh, be starting off at some lower division one school as a D coordinator. And working my way up until I'm a national championship with somebody. Probably Penn State. Um, Anyway. So right now I have what I would do to the new ncaa football game to make it better than it was before okay so to start i want the old ea sports intros back with fans and cheerleaders and the mascots okay i want ea sports is in the game i want it with the fans che- yelling it cheerleaders uh you know players coaches it doesn't matter I want those intros specifically to every big-time college uh, in the the NCAA for college football. I want it. I want those old intros back. Okay? That's the first thing. All right, what else do we need to incorporate? Need to incorporate a playoff. Um, Currently, let's just say it's the 14 playoff. We need to have that in the new game. When it goes to 12, it's probably going to go to 12 eventually. When it goes to 12, it has to be a 12-team playoff. Um, with that, you gotta fix the simulations of the AI. Anyone who has played Dynasty on in NCAA football knows that uh, when you're in season five of your Dynasty, uh, Army, Navy, and a Max school are always in the top five competing for a national championship. Not that I, I listen. I root for the Army and Navy whenever I get a chance, and some of the Max schools. That's cool, but. Listen, they're not going to be number one and two, okay? We're not seeing Army and Akron um, in the national championship. It's not happening. And it has happened. I've seen it uh, during the simulations um, towards the end of the year. Uh, This one's a no-brainer. Transfer portal. Um, You know, in other games, you lose guys for transfers. Um, I want this one to to actually have an an active transfer portal where you can either try and get... You have so many points, let's just say, and you can use those points to either get your guys to come back to your school or do you use them to try and pick someone else that's in the portal. I think that would be a lot of fun to do. Um, I think another thing, um, opt-outs. In other games, you have guys going early, early to the draft. Well, guess what? If you're in the, you know, the Gator Bowl or the, I don't know, the Alamo Bowl, guess what? Maybe that that big-time first-round pick's not playing anymore. He's going to opt out. I think that's something that needs to be included as well. Um, ooh, this one. I've been waiting all day to talk about this one. Okay, so if you remember some of the older incarnations of the game, I'm talking, like, everything from 2001 until two thousand seven eight there used to be FCS programs involved okay the old Division I AA. and then they changed to FCS North East FCS South West. So like it was just it was a a not it was a fictional thing. Because sometimes programs play FCS opponents. So right now I'm going to give you my fix for that. 20 I'm going to say 24 FCS programs are going to be included in this game. You do not need all of them, you need 24. Okay? And because these 24, so if you can get sch- you can schedule um, you know, uh, a team at the beginning of the year or how the SEC does it right before rivalry week which is uh, another topic for another day um you can still schedule actual opponents and guess what make their stadiums make their stadiums um uh specific to what they how they actually are North Dakota skate, State and the the Fargo Dome Okay, do that. That'd be cool. You know, Eastern Washington and the Red Turf. Do it. It'd be cool. Okay, so um, how this is going to work, I have, let's see here. I have six divisions. um, And in those six divisions, I have four teams, four programs for each division. Okay, so here we go. The Northwest, I already mentioned two of them, North Dakota State and Eastern Washington. Um, South Dakota State as well and Montana guys those are four of the best programs in the FCS um, that this is my Northwest Division I think you know your Pac-12 teams and your you know your Mountain West teams those that's who's going to play these teams okay um, the Midwest your Northern Ilo- or sorry Northern Iowa Southern Illinois Missouri State and Murray State. I know Murray State is uh, Western Kentucky, but it's close enough to the Midwest where we're going to throw them in there. Okay, so that's my Midwest division. Okay, now just the West division. Uh, Sam Houston State, Weber State, which is in Utah, Cal Poly, and UC Davis. So you got two, can- two California schools, a Utah school, and a Texas school. Perfect for the West division. Now we go to Northeast. These are going to be, you know, uh, your ACC teams are going to play these schools. Your Northern ACC teams, I should say. Uh, Your Penn States, your Pitts, teams like that. Uh, Your Eastern, Big Tens, Rutgers, Maryland. Uh, Villanova, Delaware, Youngstown State, Rhode Island. Uh, Atlantic Division. Okay, so this is East Coast. East Coast, Atlantic. Uh, James Madison, with another fantastic program, Uh, Richmond, Wofford, and East Tennessee State. Lastly, the Southeast. uh, This is pretty much, uh, you know, what the uh, these are. These are pretty much the four biggest teams that the SEC usually plays right before rivalry week: Uh, Samford, the Citadel, Jacksonville State. Austin P. I think those right there, perfect for your SEC teams and possibly more southern ACC teams as well. Okay, and guys, listen, you can play as these schools as well. So, again, I mentioned before about how I like to go from a smaller school. Like if I was a smaller defensive coordinator at, let's just say, uh, Sanford, and I moved my way up through the ranks there. I think that's one of the coolest things of NCAA football is that you – can start yourself off at a smaller program and then you can use that coach's carousel and just keep moving up the ranks. Um, Also, you got to bring all the traditions home. I do not care how small the school is. Um, I want all of the the specific chants, the mascots. I want specific signs in the crowd. I want different colored clothing of different style of clothes of what they would wear. I want to go down when all- in the South, the women should be wearing dresses and the men should be wearing the the, the nice suits. Um, I want to see every single rivalry trophy in the FBS. We all know about Paul Bunyan's axe, the golden hat, the little brown jug, the Iron Bowl trophy, but what about the milk can from Boise State and Fresno State? I want the bronze stock from Ball State and Northern Illinois. Okay, I want every single rivalry trophy in this game. If you create a team, you should be able to upgrade your stadium if you can. Now, granted, if you're Ohio State or LSU or Penn State, Michigan, you're not going to be able to you know keep adding on. But if you're Akron, If you're Northern Illinois, if you're a made-up team, let's say you're a created team, you should be able to add on to the stadium, okay? Or at least just for the created team, all right? Because guess what? If I'm playing as Toledo and I win three national championships, my stadium should hold more than 30,000 people, okay? We should be able to add on there. Um, this is an I This next one, this is an idea I had, um, in case they could not play pay players, and that is to start with uh, all time rosters. Okay, so one, I think all time rosters should one hundred percent be a thing. Give me all the classic ones, national championship teams, uh, teams with, um, I'm saying like national championship teams, and also have all time rosters. So like. You can have Bo Jackson and Cam Newton in the same backfield, like something like that. I think that would be really cool. Now, my idea originally, uh, before the NIL policy, was that if you couldn't pay players, you but you can pay guys who are already in the NFL. So what you do is you create an all-time team for your starting the starting roster you get in the game, okay, and. The better the guy was, the higher class they are. So let's let's just say Oklahoma State. All right, you're going to start a dynasty with Oklahoma State or you're going to, you know, even exhibition, fine. Your senior will be Barry Sanders at running back. Your freshman could be, um, well, I mean, hell, Chuba Hubbard's already in the NFL as a rookie. So there's your freshman, Chuba Hubbard. Mason Rudolph, probably put him maybe a sophomore. Okay, so the better the guy is, the higher class is. So if you're in dynasty mode, guess what? You're only going to have one year of Barry Sanders. Okay, but then you have Chuba Hubbard up next. Okay, something like that, I think it would be a really good thing if you could not pay players. You can, so since we can, still want all-time rosters, still want classic rosters as well. Along with, I was a fan of the ESPN classic where they where you got to relive some of the classic games um, in NCAA football history like there's one for the the band is out on the field game where um, you know uh, Stanford takes one or sorry Cal takes one back to the house at the end of the game and it's what if Cal makes the stop anyway? Like, what if they, like, what if the play never happens because they make the stop? You know, something like, um, you know, something like that. Like, what if it was a defensive Santa in the game? Or, you know, uh, 86, what if Miami threw a touchdown to beat Penn State at the end? And you have to, like, control those guys and, and win games like that. And then once you do that, then you unlock both the teams that are involved in that game. I think that would be really cool to do as well. Um, all right, my last feature for this game. This is a big one. And I think this, I don't think illegally can happen, even though I want it to. <laughs> so here's my idea. I want different broadcast teams based on the coverage. So if you're... Big noon kickoff. Guess what? You get Joel and Gus. Primetime, Kirk and Chris Fowler. Uh, ESPN with Blackledge and McDonough. ESPN on, or sorry, SEC on CBS with Nestler and Danielson. Okay, I want, if you are, let's just say, if you're the game of the week, I want game day outside of the stadium or at a part of the college that they usually sets up at for Corso to put the helmet on before your game starts. I know they used to do it, but like that was when Corso was in the booth. I want it like how it actually looks in real life. I want real-life locations for a college game day in NCAA football. Um, I mean, listen, if you're going to go all in on a game, go all in on a game and do these little details because college football fans like me will go crazy for it. And I don't want, if NCAA football does come back, I don't want it to be become like Madden where it's just stale, there are no new features, and it's just updated rosters every single year. I don't want that to happen. I want NCAA, I want every year, I want them to make something different. I want them to fine-tune the details that much every single year. Okay, whether it be pat the pageantry, the playbooks, something. I want something different. New every single year. Okay? And I'm telling you, that broadcast idea, I think, would be absolutely perfect. Because, again, I don't want this. I don't want NCAA football to end up like Madden or pretty much anything else EA Sports has touched. Because NCAA football was, like, the one thing that they did so well. And I think that's what got a lot of people to play that over Madden. But... All right, that now will lead us into our playoff segment for the day. All right, we're going to end today's episode with the playoff. Uh, Our topic today, top four college football players that we missed on the cover of EA Sports NCAA football during its hiatus. So what I'm going to do, we will touch on every potential cover That I thought would have happened from NCAA football 15 until NCAA football 2022, which probably would have came out sometime last week. Uh, Towards the end, I will give my top four, but first I will hit my honorable mentions. Uh, If you guys want to see my full blog on this topic, go to Branded Sports, hit the little bloggers tab, go to CFB Jake, and... This will pop up. The covers of NCAA football that we missed. So here we go. NCAA football 15. I have uh, Jadavion Clowney as the cover. Uh, he was probably the, one of the biggest uh, defensive prospects for the NFL in his two years at South Carolina. Um, his last, He was going into his last year coming off a very good uh, campaign. In 2013, he had that big hit in the Outback Bowl that's still being played today on uh, Michigan running back Vincent Smith, which also led to South Carolina's comeback in that game. Huge name, huge figure, um, was one of the most dominant defensive players in NCAA um, from the 2010s. Uh, next, NCA 16, I have Marcus Mariota. A lot of people say Jameis Winston for this. Uh, they were in the same draft class, but I just think Jameis having a bit of a struggle in the turnover department in that second year after he won the Heisman. Um, he also had his theft charges, and Marcus Mariota was the reigning Heisman Trophy winner and beat Uh, Jameis Winston Seminoles in the Rose Bowl that same year. I think Marcus Mariota gets that. Uh, 17 Ezekiel Elliott. Derrick Henry may have won the Heisman, but I mean, Ezekiel Elliott, he just had that flash at Ohio State. Um, he was looked at as more of the pro back. Um, you know, I thought that Ezekiel Elliott would have been the perfect cover. Uh, Plus, Derrick Henry being at Alabama, they already had Mark Ingram on the cover a few years before, so they probably wanted to mix it up a little bit with Ohio State. Um, NCA 18, Christian McCaffrey. Um, now listen, this guy was the face of Stanford. Stanford had some great years while he was there. Um, almost had 4,000 yards rushing in two years, which is crazy. His second year, he was more explosive Uh, Had more of a home run presence, was a little bit more elusive. I think his offensive line, though, kind of took a step back, which hurt him a little bit, because he did take a small dip in the rushing department. Okay, now, I'm going to give you guys my top four, which which would have been the last four NCAA um, incarnations here. Uh, So my number four, we're going to skip ahead to NCAA Football 20 with Kyler Murray. Listen, this guy was an absolute wizard. He was at Oklahoma. People thought, okay, Baker's gone. May you know, this Murray guy's a little smaller. He is very good, but you know, he can't be, you know, he can't be that great, right? Wrong. He was amazing. Uh, you know, I, I was in attendance. He beat West Virginia. It was at a, an all-time shootout between him and uh, Will Greer. I want to say it was like sixty-three to like. 55 or something like that. Like It was a it was a crazy game. The um, lesson led to Oklahoma to the college football playoff, losing in a shootout to Alabama, but it made it closer than a lot of people thought it was going to be. All right. That was my number four. Number three, um, this guy, I don't think there's another player on this list that meant more to their football program than this guy, and that's Lamar Jackson. Okay, and it was pretty... Evident when he did that because when he left Louisville, Louisville turned into an absolute dumpster fire. Uh, He was absolutely electric. Uh, Youngest Heisman Trophy winner. I, I think Lamar Jackson definitely would have been on that cover of NCAA football 2019. So my number three, Lamar Jackson. Okay. Here we go. My number two would have came in NCAA football 21. Uh, I got Joe Burrow on that cover. Listen, uh, took the college football world by storm, uh, won the SEC, uh, defeated Alabama, defeated Oklahoma, defeated Clemson. I mean, they, every guy that they put his way or team that came his way, they defeated. Now, he had a great supporting cast. But they were the darlings of NCAA that year. They they were they again. It it was Clemson, Alabama, Oklahoma was always in there, um, and they they went in there and defeated them. They climbed that mountain, and he was like the he was the face of that program. You know, Coach O is as well. But if you're gonna put a player on it, it would have been Joe Burrow. All right. Lastly. Uh, My number one no-brainer cover for an NCAA football game uh, would have been the one that would have came out this year, and that would have been Trevor Lawrence. No doubt. I mean, this guy was consistent as consistent can be and at the highest level he possibly could. Other guys on this list... Only had one, maybe two Trevor Lawrence years on the resume. This guy did it three times where he just put stupid numbers up. Um, he was, I mean, and he's one of the faces of college football. I mean, yeah, we talked about Joe Burrow, but the other face of college football was Trevor Lawrence. So I, I think it's a no brainer that he would have 100% would have been on the cover of NCAA football if if given that opportunity. And I think that was the one guy I think we really missed out on on that cover. So where'd you guys think I was wrong? Who would you have put on a cover? And make sure you guys go on Twitter and vote of who you think would have definitely been on the cover of NCAA football. Okay? Until next time, guys. It was a lot of fun. See you guys next week. Adios.